Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the return edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. I'm your host, Anthony Aniano, and I am excited to be back. A little hiatus we were on since the end of football. Basically took the month of January off, uh, wrapped it up with the last week of the regular football season, and, uh, you know, recharged the batteries. Needed to be done. I've been plugging along here in Podcastville for, jeez, now over five years. Day job, fantasy sports jobs uh, with Draft Valet. Uh, co-hosting Roto Baller Radio every Tuesday night. So I took a little time off, but I'm back. Took the month off, baseball season. It's the beginning of February, February 6th. And uh, excited to be here and uh, back with everybody. Looking to talk a little fantasy baseball with uh, with all of you. Whether you're listening live this morning, Saturday, on Blog Talk Radio, or like most people do, listening on iTunes, wherever you are over the course of the week. And I'm going to try my best this baseball season to keep this show um, dateless. And by that I mean if you're you're listening four, five, six days behind, it's okay. You can still listen on iTunes and it still will have value for you. Okay? We're going to have a, going to be a hybrid show all season. We're going to talk fantasy baseball. We're going to just talk baseball in general. Why? Because that's what I enjoy to do, and that's why I do this. It's fun. Hopefully you find it fun. So feel free to call us, 347-838-8088. Let's just talk baseball, talk fantasy baseball. Whatever you want to talk about, we could talk about. So give us a call, 347-838-8088 if you're listening live. Chat room is open as well if you're listening live. Jump on there. I'm on there right now. And, uh... Post any questions, comments, anything you want to talk about, feel free to do so. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Uh, Follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. And like I mentioned, go to iTunes, download, subscribe, comment, rate, and do everything else. If you enjoyed what I have to say, you can also listen Tuesday nights to Roto Ball or Fantasy Sports Radio. Myself and my co-host, Raphael Rab, we have a good time with it every Tuesday night at about 9 o'clock, talking fantasy baseball starting just this past week. We finished football, we move on to baseball, we'll be talking that as well. I'd be remiss, though, before I go any further with the baseball, not to at least give my thoughts on tomorrow's Super Bowl 50. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with everybody, I haven't watched a lick of any of this week's hype shows, preview shows, anything. I'm finding myself finding more MLB Network, you know, wrapping up the hot stove season, getting ready for spring trainings just about a little less than two weeks away. So I find myself finding more of that, watching more of that than I am uh, the Super Bowl hype machine. I mean, but let's be realistic. We're sports people here. That's why you're listening. We'll be watching the game. Uh, My own quick personal thoughts, I've got to root for Peyton Manning going out. Uh, retirement game, most likely. I have no issues with Cam Newton. Anybody who's ever heard this show in the past, over the past five years, with different co-hosts I've worked with, would know uh, I love the bat flip. I love the touchdown dance. I don't have any issue with it at all. So I have no problem with Cam Newton. His off-the-field work, if you're willing to put a little effort in, is well-known. 
You could find it. You could read about it. He's a good guy. He's not getting in trouble. He's not Greg Hardy. He's not doing anything wrong. He's celebrating a touchdown. You don't like it? Tackle him. It's a simple solution if you ask me. However, Peyton Manning, retirement game, I'd like to see him go out on top. I think that's what a lot of people would want to see the best players of a generation do. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, Denver's defense would have to play a monstrous game, which they are capable of. But I think Cam Newton, Carolina, is too good this year. This is just a bit of magical season for them. 24-17, uh, 21-14, something along those lines. I think Denver struggles to score points. I think Cam Newton makes a couple of plays, not only with his arm, but with his leg. And Carolina Panthers will be Super Bowl 50 champions. All right. Now, got that out of the way. Let's talk some baseball. And the theme for today's show, we want to look at the top 12. Okay, I'm going to stick with in general conversation when, when talking fantasy baseball. I'm going to assume most of us are in a 12-team mixed league. If you want anything more specific, uh, ALNL only, bigger leagues, whatever it is, by all means, send your questions my way. However, for general conversation, we'll stick to a 12-team mixed. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get the controversy out of the way. I do not, do not put Clayton Kershaw in my first round of a 12-team league. I know where he ranks in every book, every magazine, every website, every brain thrust of every so-called expert out there in Podcastville, Radioville, and every place else. I don't do it. As He's the best pitcher in baseball. I'm not denying that. However, baseball has changed dramatically. PED era has ended. They're out of the game for the most part. I'm realistic here, folks, but for the most part. And the truth is, this is a pitching league right now. That's what it is. There is pitching depth to be found much later on in a fantasy baseball draft. So because of that, I have never owned Clayton Kershaw over the last couple of years, and I probably never will. I will very happily skip on Clayton Kershaw in round one and see where guys, even, I'm not saying don't take an elite pitcher. Will Jake Aredia be there at the end of round two into round three? Okay, I'm okay with it. Madison Bumgarner. He, now you're talking round three. Chris Sale, Dallas Keuchel, Garrett Cole, Matt Harvey, Jacob DeGrom, Chris Archer. These are top 12 pitchers who I'm now getting in round three or round four. Felix Hernandez coming off a so-called down year last season because his ERA was three and a half. I look at some things, they have him 15th, 16th, 17th ranked starting pitcher. That means I'm getting him round four, round five. I'll happily do that and load up on those bats rounds one, two, and three. I'll go a little further. Cole Hamels now in a full season in Texas. Revitalized, now back with a winning team. Sonny Gray, not going to get you many wins. Oakland's going to struggle in my opinion. However, his peripherals will be amazing. His K rate, his walk rate will be low. His ERA, his whip will all be fantastic, and he'll give you 200 innings. Danny Salazar, 26 years old. Last season, 195 strikeouts and 185 innings. We'll talk more about pitchers next week. But these are guys now, I'm, I'm around the, the 20th ranked starting pitcher here. I will happily walk away with Danny Salazar and Carlos Martinez of the St. Louis Cardinals and load up with bats early on. Plenty of bats. Jordan Zimmerman now in Detroit. 
Wainwright coming back from injury in St. Louis. Waka, Francisco Liriano, per, uh, perennially underrated. Uh, all pitches now in the top 30. And we'll go on and on and on. And there's more. There's so much talent on the mound nowadays. You know, I remember 10 years ago, in the height of the Barry Bonds, maybe even more 10, than 10 years ago, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire times. Pitcher pitched to a sub-4 ERA. It was a terrific year. 14 and 10, 395. The guy was a number two starter. That time has changed. That time has changed. Pitchers are throwing harder. Bullpens are better. Okay, you can find pitching late. So, so I'll start this conversation this morning with saying I have a top 12 or so list here, and, and Clayton Kershaw's not on it. Not that he's not the best pitcher in the game. On draft day, he's not on my board. First round, he is not on my board. That's just the way it is. Some of you may disagree. Not on my board. I'll take the bats because I don't feel there's as many, especially in the power department. And that's what I look at. I look at the on-base percentages. I look at the slugging percentages. That's what helps me compile a list. Okay. So we're going to start from the back. We'll do kind of like a countdown, a little Casey Kasem for you old-timers out there. And we'll start with number 12. And i got to be honest, it was at this point I had three names. I had three names, and I fought over these three names. So we'll start with the honorable mentions in the top 12. And my first honorable mention, 28 years old, A.J. Pollock, center fielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Terrific season last year. Former first-round pick in 2011 of Arizona. So this is not a kid who's come out of nowhere. Arizona took their time with him, made sure he was ready. Last year he was. Two years ago, uh, 2014, seven homers, 14 stolen bases. Last year, finally given the free reigns there in center field for Arizona, 20 home runs, 39 stolen bases. He essentially doubles up his stolen base numbers to his home run numbers. Got to love that. You're telling me I'm going to get 15 to 20 homers, and if I'm going to get 15 to 20, I'm going to get 30 to 40 steals. Right around that number 12 pick in a draft, I'm thrilled. Okay. Terrific splits last year. 315 batting average, 367 on base percentage, and a 498 slugging percentage for a guy who batted leadoff. For a guy who batted leadoff. Okay. He's going to score over 100 runs. He's going to basically give you 200 hits. Okay. This is a terrific Arizona offense with Peralta, Goldschmidt, Yasmani Tamaz now in his second year. Castillo can hit. Lamb is coming along. They've added Segura, and we know the pitching's there. This is a good Arizona team. They should be able to score some runs. Last season, he hit over 300 versus both lefties and righties. He's not coming off the field. So he does a lot of things well. You take him at number 12, there might be some people in your draft room who go, really? A.J. Pollock? They're going to be a little shocked. They're going to be a little shocked if they haven't done the research or haven't listened to the show. If they haven't done the research, so they're going to be shocked with A.J. Pollock. I'd say number 12, 13, wherever it is, maybe. Terrific end of first round, first round pick. Second round pick. First, second round pick. You go, you go, you go with my number 12 overall pick and compare, pair him up with A.J. Pollock. You've got a nice combination. Also just missing the top 12. Second baseman for the Houston Astros, Jose Altuve. Okay, last season... 313 batting average, 353 on-base percentage, and a 459 slugging percentage. By the way, I talk a lot about on-base percentage because I do feel that should be the way most fantasy leagues should be going. Eliminate the batting average, 
in a 5 by 5 roto format, eliminate the batting average, slide in the OBP. Reward the guy for his walks. Reward him for his walk. Big fan of the OBP League. Well, here's Altuve, 26 years old, okay, coming off two straight 200-hit seasons, okay? He did not replicate what he did two years ago. But you know what? 200 years ago was absolutely magical for him, almost impossible to duplicate, okay? But he is the best second baseman in the game right now. 2014, he had the 56 stolen bases and the 341 on-base uh, batting average, 377 OVP. Everything took a slight dip last year. Batting average was 313, on-base percentage was 353, stolen bases dropped from 56 to 38. The power went up, though, went from 7 to 15 home runs, 59 RBIs to 66, Scored essentially the same amount of runs, 85-86. So you're happy with that, okay? But this Houston Astro team, they surprised people last year. We know they're not going to surprise people this year because they're going to be that good. I mean, the projected lineup for Houston has Altuve at the top spot, George Springer, who's a, a, a superstar waiting to happen at second base. Carlos Correa, a superstar waiting to happen at shortstop. Carlos Gomez, former uh, uh, all-star center fielder, batting fourth potentially with Evan Gaddis, who just hits the ball far. That's all his job is to do. He's DHing. Valbuena, Kobe Rasmus, Singleton. This is a potent lineup. Top heavy a little bit potentially, but Altuve, Springer, Correa, Gomez, Gaddis. I love it. Love it. Altuve should be scoring runs all over the place. Plenty of people to drive him in. Just misses. Just misses. My top 12. And it's funny, when I sat down last night then to compose my top 12, I didn't have this guy in. My original, before I sat down, pen to paper, worked on my rankings, he wasn't there. But then as the rest of the top 12 developed, I realized I may have to put him in. Because although the position isn't really top heavy, because of the way this first round is shaking out, it's getting thin quick. So I put him in, and that's third baseman Chris Bryant. And you'll see, he is the fourth third baseman I have going in the top 12. Second-year player, we know the story. Didn't come up to whenever it was, middle of end of April, beginning of May, middle of April. And he was terrific, 24 years old. Now, here's an added benefit for Chris Bryant. Here's an added benefit. 22 games in the outfield last year. He'll be outfield eligible this year in just about every league. So now you draft him at the end of the first round. Most people will look at him as a third baseman, but you could slide him into your outfield and be very, very happy with that. Very happy with that. Okay. Last season, a 275 batting average, 369 on base percentage, 488 uh, slugging. Knocked in 99 runs, had 26 home runs, stole 13 bases, so he's not dead weight on the bases. Okay, and again, I love the guys in the middle of a ridiculously potent offense. Now, it's going to be interesting how this shakes out in Chicago, where how they, how they manipulate the top of the lineup with Ben Zobrist and Jason Hayward. One, two, two, one, however that shakes. But the three, four, five is going to mash. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. George Solaz probably batting sixth, Miguel Montero seventh, and then and then Addison Russell if he bats eighth, or maybe they bat the pitcher eighth and put Addison Russell ninth. Okay, terrific, terrific lineup here, terrific lineup. Okay, plenty of opportunity for runs to be driven in. Now don't forget Javier Baez is on this team on the bench, as is Tommy Listella. 
So, so I still think Bryant is going to get opportunity to play a little left field. Because let's be honest, as well as Schwab hits, he is god-awful defensively. So there may be situations. They play Lestella. They play Baez in the infield. Baez can play the outfield. Bryant can go to left field, whatever they need to do. But you're looking at 30 homers, 100 RBIs, 270, 280 batting average, and the potential for over 10 steals out of Bryant. Now, who knows? They may want him to cut back on the running. Teams don't like their prize power hitters to run all that much, so, so I think his stolen bases will be limited. But, I, uh, you know, 10, 15, I'm okay with that projection. But I'm drafting him in a power-depleted league. This Cubs team has plenty of power. 30 and 100, lock it up unless he gets injured. He gets into my top 12 at number 12. And number 11, Manny Machado. Third baseman, Baltimore Orioles, finally stays healthy. That was always the biggest thing with Manny Machado. He stays healthy. Last year, now, now mind you, this is what I find fascinating. Fascinating. I, mean, I, have, I think you could figure out who my fourth third baseman are in my top 12, right? Josh Donaldson. Nolan Arenado, Machado, and now Chris Bryant. What I found fascinating, sitting down doing this research, Manny Machado's the youngest one. He's the youngest one, but he's probably been in the big leagues. He's been in the big leagues longer than Arenado and, and Chris Bryant. He's only 23. Baltimore brought him up young. He's 23. Arenado and Chris Bryant are 24. And we know Donaldson, when we talk about him, he's 30 years old. So Manny Machado's only 23 years old. Last season, coming off a split of 286, 359, and, an, and a slugging that was better than Chris Bryant's at 502. That's elite. That's elite. Another guy who can easily put together a 100 RBI season, 100 run season. Okay. In 2014, he was injured in 327 at-bats because of knee injuries. Still had 91 hits in 327 at-bats. 12 homers, 32 RBIs. Two stolen bases. Last year he was healthy. Listen to these numbers. I mean, unbelievable. 35 home runs, 86 RBIs, 20 steals. He'll run. He will run. 181 hits, 102 runs scored in 633 at-bats. Guy's a stud. No denying it. And now he's batting probably second or third in a lineup where behind him are mashers Chris Davis, Adam Jones, and Mark Trumbo. Three guys who could put the ball over the fence. You're going to have to pitch to Machado. You're not going to put him on base with Davis behind him. He's going to see plenty of pitches to hit. Okay? I see Machado as another 25 to 30 home run season. Give me 15 to 20 steals and close to 90, 90 to 100 RBIs, depending upon the leadoff batter and his ability to get on base in Baltimore. Love Manny Machado. Have him slotted in at the number 11 position. If he falls, can you imagine? Can you imagine if he somehow falls to number 12 and you can pair him with an Altuve or an A.J. Pollock or even a Chris Bryant if somebody else in your league decides to go Clayton Kershaw? This is why I don't go Kershaw. You throw Kershaw before any of these guys. That guy sitting at number 12 is now walking away with Machado at 12, Chris Bryant at 13. You have just handed him potentially 50 to 60 home runs and 200 RBIs with, with 35 stolen bases at the 12-13 position for a guy who's given you 30 appearances. It doesn't make sense, folks. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Sitting at number 10, the oldest player in my top 12, Miguel Cabrera. 
Okay? People want to, he's getting old, he's getting old, he's getting old, he's getting old. You let him fall to me at number 9, 10, 11, I will be, I'll send you a thank you card. Send you a thank you card. What are they, I'll send you an edible arrangement. You'll have all the cantaloupe on a stick your heart desires. Miggy Cabrera, last season, in only 119 games, had a split of 338 batting, 440 on-base percentage, and a 534 slugging percentage. Okay? He has only hit below 310 once. Once in the last 10 years. Folks, this is the elite hitter of this generation. Granted, in only 119 games... We're talking 429 at-bats. Assume he missed about 100, about 170 at-bats more he would have had if he stayed healthy. He still finished with 18 homers and 76 RBIs. With a 338 batting average. 2014, full season, 313 batting average, 25 and 109. He's not the 35 home run guy anymore. He's not that. Those days are over. Don't expect 35. Expect 25 to 30, but lock up a 320 batting average and, and 100 RBIs, 90 to 100 RBIs. But the batting average is ridiculous, and that's the benefit of him over Machado O'Brien. I don't see Machado O'Brien hitting 300. They're at 275, at 280, at 285. Okay? Miggy's at 320. That's a huge jump. Huge jump. In a lineup that is potent again with the addition of Justin Upton. Ian Kinsler at the top. Upton, Miggy, J.D. Martinez is an elite power hitter. He has more power nowadays than Miggy. Victor Martinez is still a steady veteran. What is Nick Castellanos in year three? Does he develop more power, more consistency? It's a good lineup. And Miggy's going to be smack in the middle. He's going to have two hitters above him, two hitters below him. He will be sandwiched and protected and being given fastballs to hit and runs to drive in. Miggy Cabrera at number 10. Give me three years younger, I'd even bump him up more. But 32 years old, every now and then the legs start to tweak a little bit. Calf here, groin there. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Okay. Doesn't strike out much. Best hitter of a generation. Miguel Cabrera, number 10 uh, from the Detroit Tigers. Love him. Um, Before last season, before that 119-game injury season, he had... 100 runs and 100 RBIs in each of the five years before that. I mean, how much more consistency do you want? He's filling up the stats for you. Filling them up. All right, at number nine, the youngest player on the list, Carlos Correa, Houston Astros shortstop. And this one, I'm nervous about this one. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. He's the second Astro we're talking about here in in the top, you know, top end of this draft, which... <laughs> Three years ago, it would have never happened. This Houston team was in shambles. But you talk about a team that has rebuilt the right way. You know, teams that want to spend, spend, spend on free agency can't spend your way out of last place. You can spend your way from second to first, though. And this is what Houston's doing. Just talk about them for a minute. You know, you look at what they've done. Altuve, Springer, Carlos Correa from their own system. The pitchers from their own system. Dallas Keuchel. You sprinkle in a Gaddis from Atlanta, Gomez from Milwaukee, well-built team. And Carlos Correa is the, he's their Jeter. He's their A-Rod. He's their man. Now, he's only 21 years old. Last season, he came up, and he was absolutely terrific. 279 batting average, 
he had a 345 on base, over 500 slugging percentage. He had 22 homers and 60 RBIs with 14 steals and only 387 at-bats. The question with Correa at 21 years old is pitchers will obviously adjust to him. He will adjust back. The question becomes how long will it take? How long will it take? He is, however, the number one ranked shortstop, the only shortstop worthy of a first-round pick, probably the only shortstop worth a top 25 pick. Tulowitzki has slid. Uh, Bogarts isn't there. Not enough power. Okay? But but Correa, again, where does he bat in that lineup? Does he bat second? Does he bat third? He's going to be in the top three. You know how Tuve will lead off. So it's Springer, Correa, 2-3, however they want to work that. A ton of speed in that lineup. They're going to run. They're going to hit for power. you got to like them. And Correa probably presents, along with Altuve, the only two hitters who have the ability to hit 300. I don't expect Springer or Colgo or Gattis, any of those guys, to even sniff 300. But Correa could be around 300. We know Altuve will be there. So Carlos Correa, what, what, what do we expect out of him? I don't know, plus 20 homers, plus 20 steals. Give me a 2020 season out of my shortstop with 80 to 90 RBIs and, and close to a 300 batting average. I'm thrilled. It's going to score 80 to 90 runs, maybe more, depending where he hits in the lineup. Terrific talent. Put him at shortstop. You wash your hands. And the truth is then, folks, if you draft him in the first round as your shortstop, don't even waste a pick on another shortstop, unless you're in a league that uses a middle infield position. But Carlos Correa is your shortstop. Move on. Fill your other spots. Don't even think about the position again until much later in the draft. If you have a corner infield, if you don't even have a corner infield position, don't even draft another shortstop. You don't need it. You don't need it. Correa's it. Done. Done. You know, it's like drafting Tom Brady to play quarterback on your fantasy football team. No worries. Go do your thing. Go do your thing. I have Carlos Correa at number nine. Number nine. My only concern, like I said, young kid. What is he? Three, only 387 major league at-bats. Good as he is, my first-round pick, sometimes I want a little bit bigger of a sample size. That would be my only concern. All right, at number eight, at number eight, 26-year-old outfielder from the Miami Marlins, John Carlos Stanton. Possibly, along with Bryce Harper, the premier home run hitter in the game today. Only 26 years old. Feels like he's been around forever. Okay, been around forever. And the question with John Carlos Stanton always is, will he stay on the field? Just never seems to do so. So that, again, is a concern and one I can understand if you're drafting John Carlos Stanton. I can't, however, bypass that power at the eighth spot in a draft. I just can't bypass it. He's going to be batting in a lineup with D. Gordon and Christian Yelich ahead of him. So he's going to have plenty of RBI opportunities. That should be 100 RBIs there. Both of them should hit up of over. D. Gordon should hit higher over 300. Yelich should get better. They both can run. We know Gordon's going to steal 50 bases. Okay, who is protecting John Carlo in that lineup? Dembor, Marcelo Zuna, Martin Prado. That's a concern. Not much protection there, but I don't think it'll matter. He'll see 40 fastballs, and he'll hit those 40 fastballs 300 miles. So I'm not overly concerned with him seeing enough pitches to hit. Now, John Carlos Stanton last year had only 279 at-bats. 
Okay, he did, and and but <laughs> fascinating. And in those two hundred seventy nine at bats, essentially half the season, he had twenty seven home runs and drove in sixty seven. He only had seventy four hits. Of his seventy four hits last year, twenty seven of them were home runs. The split. 265 batting average at 346 on base percentage and in ridiculous 606 slugging percentage. Okay, broke his hand, missed some time. He did change his approach last year. He sacrificed the batting average a little bit. He started pulling the ball more, pulling the ball, added to his power numbers. Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay, two seasons ago in 2014, he did bat 288 with 37 RBIs. I'll take... I'll take either one, but 2014, 288, 37, 105. Last season, he was on pace for 265, 54, and 135. The 265 with the additional power and RBI numbers there. Absolutely. It's going to score you runs, 80 to 90 runs. Uh, John Carlos Stanton is a beast. You get him at number eight. Again, your season at that point depends, though, does he stay on the field? Does he stay on the field? If he does, you'll be fine. If the leg goes, if the hand breaks, whatever it may be, if that happens, you know, like anything else, your season then is going to be over quickly. But that that, that could be said for any first-round pick. That could be said for any first-round pick. If something happens to them, your season's over. At number seven, at number seven, the second Chicago Cub on our list, first baseman Anthony Rizzo. Okay, he's coming to his own. He had a terrific season last season. Okay, 26 years old. What I like most about what Rizzo has done, strikeout rate has gone down. Last season, 15%, the lowest of his career. K's have gone down. I think it was, a, I saw a number, 11 strikeouts each of the last two years. His strikeouts have down, gone down by. Terrific splits, 278 batting average, 387 on base percentage, a 512 slugging percentage. Again, Rizzo's going to bat third in that lineup for Chicago. I can't believe this guy was traded twice. But he's going to bat third in that lineup, behind Zobris and Hayward, in front of Bryant and Schwaber. I mean, they got to pitch to him. They're going to have to pitch to him and pencil him in. Pencil him in, 275, 30, and 90, at the least. At the least. Okay, terrific numbers. Take him at number seven. He's a no doubt about it. Not the top first baseman on our list. He's number two. Number two. Got one more. Okay, but 26 years old. And you're seeing the theme here with the age, right? I've only had one plus 30 player. That's Miggy. Okay. We'll have Donaldson, who's 30. And the next guy, who's who's getting there. Who's getting there? Slipped a little bit. A couple of years ago, he was at number three or number four, maybe number two. This year, I have him at number six, and that's Andrew McCutcheon of the Pittsburgh Pirates, 29 years old. Still an elite talent, the, the leader of that Pirate team. Okay? But McCutcheon is now turning 29. Not old by any way. Still has a lot of baseball left. Had a knee injury yet last year, bothered by it. Struggled terribly until the beginning of May. April was a disaster, a disaster for him. Now, I do have complaints about McCutcheon. He's really not a 100-RBI guy, and he's not a 30-home run guy. Okay, last season, 292, 
a 401 on base percentage, and a 488 slugging. So you see the slugging is below the guys like Rizzo and Stanton, even Carlos Correa. So slugging's not there. The knee injury concerns you a little bit. Does the stolen base numbers go down like they have? They've gone down now three years in a row. 27 stolen bases three seasons ago. Two seasons ago it was an 18. Last season it was 11. You know, one of the benefits of McCutcheon was the power-speed combination. If that speed isn't there, that's a little disconcerting. Okay? So he's sliding a little bit. If you want to slide him even further, I understand it. If somebody said to me, Anthony, I'm, I'm going to take Rizzo before McCutcheon. I'm going to take John Carlo before McCutcheon. I'm going to take Correa before McCutcheon. I get it. I get that. McCutcheon's always on the field, though. Remember that. That's why I put him ahead of Stanton. Carlos Correa's sample size a little bit too small for my loving, for my liking to put him at number six. I give McCutcheon another run at number six. Okay, uh, the, the pirate lineup, you got Polanco, Josh Harrison, Neil Walker's gone. Neil Walker provided protection in that lineup. They're going to miss him, in my opinion. Stalling Marte. And then you got guys like Michael Morse, Kang, Cervelli, Jordy Mercer. I don't love the lineup. I don't love the protection for McCutcheon. Marte can hit. We know that. But again, give me McCutcheon. He should hit 300. If that knee's healthy, I don't have to worry about a slow April. 300, 20 to 25. 15 to 20 steals, 80 RBIs. Okay. He's not dead yet, McCutcheon. I have him at number six. At number five, now I talked about earlier, the reason Chris Bryant made my uh, my top 12 is because of the third base position being very top-heavy. There's depth there, but it's also top-heavy. And here's my third third baseman on the list, and he's from Colorado. Nolan Arenado comes in at number five. 24 years old. He's going to back clean up in this lineup. <clears throat> Charlie Blackman, Jose Reyes, depending <clears throat> excuse me, depending on a, a suspension situation, and we know Reyes isn't the player he once was. Carlos Gonzalez, Nolan Arenado. Geraldo Parra will probably bat fifth. LeMayu, other players behind him. But Arenado's the key to this lineup, and he had a terrific, terrific season. This is another guy like John Carlos Stanton, an elite power guy, certainly helped. Certainly helped by playing in Colorado last year. Okay, 2015, 42 home runs, 130 RBIs. With a 287 batting average, split of 329 OBP, and a terrific slugging percentage of 575. You saw glimpses of it in 2014 when he had 18 homers and 61 RBIs. Last season he had 97 runs. To me, Arenado... Another guy, 30 homers, 100 RBIs, solid 285 batting average, and the potential for 100 runs. He's filling up the stack category. He's not going to run for you. Don't count on the stolen bases. But you give me 120, 130 RBIs, potentially lead in the league, I'm very happy with Nolan Arenado at number five. Gold glove caliber at third base. So even a, a, a bit of a slump won't affect him in the lineup at all. He's going to play every day. Last season he had 616 at-bats, never came out of the lineup. So Arenado is a stud, number five, second best third baseman on the board, behind number four last season's American League MVP, Josh Donaldson, who I have number four. Now this is where a lot of people are putting Clayton Kershaw. I can, I've said it, and I'll keep saying it, I can't take Kershaw's 30 to 35 games over Josh Donaldson's 
ability to mash. Now, anybody who listened last year said, heard me say, put Donaldson in your first round. I mean, I remember saying that on SiriusXM Radio as one of their expert guests, saying, I want Donaldson at six or seven. That's where I had him last year. The, the boon in offense, the boon in power from him going from Oakland to Toronto was a no-brainer. Some people thought I was a little strange saying that. I'm, I, and I swore up, take Donaldson, take Donaldson, take Donaldson. And he rewarded you going to Toronto. His home runs jumped from 29 to 41. His RBIs jumped from 98 to 123. He scored over 100 runs. His splits was a 297 batting average, 371 on base percentage, 568 slugging percentage. And yesterday, as I'm watching MLB Network all day, because it snowed here in the Northeast and I had nothing else to do, Toronto's working on a contract extension for the guy, making Toronto home, making him uh, one of the keys to that Toronto lineup, a centerpiece which he deserves to be. And we talk about that Toronto lineup, and Raph and I talk about Toronto on our show Tuesday night when we ran through the American League lineups, there's a chance he's batting second with Jose Bautista, Edwin Carnacion, and Troy Tulowitzki at 3-4-5. You talk about seeing nothing but fastballs. My gosh. I mean, another 30-plus home run season, another 100 RBIs, should hit 290, 285, 290. Still, you have a couple of bases, 100 runs. If he's on base, he's scoring. Because Batista and Canacion and Tulowitzki will drive him in. Got Russell Martin down there, Chris Colabello. <clears throat> so Donaldson is at number four, 30 years old, part of a monster lineup. Love him at number four. Now, here's the spot in the draft, though, I want to be. I want to be sitting at number three. I want to be sitting at number three. Because if I'm sitting at number three, I have my choice. I let... Player one, player two, dictate the draft, and I will happily take the sloppy thirds of whoever is left over. I have sitting at number three, and people are going to think I'm nuts, but at this point, we can argue it, we could disagree. Either way, we're walking away happy. And number three, I have Bryce Harper. Some people have him at two, some people have number one. You can't argue it. Bryce Harper is number three. Okay. 23 years old, last season he finally arrived. We know that. Bryce Harper's biggest problem before last season was himself. Okay? It was himself. Balls to the wall play, which you got to love, but what happened, it caused him injury. Walls are not made to run, be run into. Bryce Harper took him a few years to, run, to realize that. They're not the smartest guy, I guess. 330 batting average, a 460 slugging percentage, and a 649, uh, 460 on base percentage. 649 slugging percentage. He hit over 300 last year versus lefties and righties. 42 homers, 99 RBIs, stole six bases, doesn't run as much, scored 118 runs. Only 23 years old. That's what's scary is he's going to get better, folks. He's going to get better. And, and, and anybody who, if you're a Yankee fan, Lamenting the fact that the Yankees haven't made any free agent signings this year or anything like that. Folks, let me tell you, the Yankees aren't going to sign anybody for a few years. Because when Bryce Harper is a free agent, they're going to hand him the keys to Yankee Stadium and hope that gets him up to the Bronx. Yankees know exactly what they're doing. Greg Bird, Aaron Judge, Severino, they'll save a few bucks and then do whatever they can and give a blank check to Bryce Harper. And get him out of Washington and get him off to the Bronx. 
That's what you're going to see happen. Whether he goes or not is a different story. Now, here's a little bit of my concern with Bryce Harper. He's going to bat third in a lineup with Ben Revere first and probably Anthony Rendon, hopefully fully healthy, batting second. I don't love the Nationals lineup like I did in years past. The protection behind him is not great. Ryan Zimmerman, fourth, potentially. Daniel Murphy, former Met, fifth. Jason Worth, Danny Espinosa, Wilson Ramos. Tell me a reason why you would ever pitch to Bryce Harper. I wouldn't. I'll deal with Zimmerman. And as a Met fan, I, I know Murphy. I'll pitch to Murphy. Don't worry about it. Daniel Murphy, the rest of the country saw uh, in the playoffs last year, is not really Daniel Murphy, folks. He was hot. He got on a hot streak. Relax. So why would you pitch to Harper? That's number one concern. Concern number two, and you saw it last season down the stretch, okay? Does Dusty Baker fix this dysfunctional national team? This is a team that sent Drew Stanton packing, yet kept Jonathan Papelbon. Papelbon and Harper, we know, don't get along. Is there a leadership void there in Washington? Is Harper mature enough to be that leader? Will it affect his play? And number three, playing in the National League East, he's going to see some pretty darn good pitching when he faces the Mets. Okay, He's going to face, in this division alone, he's got to face Jose Fernandez of the Marlins, Matt Harvey, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard of the Mets. A lot of power arms there. Now, don't get me wrong, Harper could turn any fastball around, but he'll strike out 100 20, 130 times as well. I'm nitpicking here. I realize that. But I've got to justify having him at third. So that's why he is my number third ranked player. And if he's sitting there at number three, I mean, obviously you're giddy. Obviously you're giddy. And and he's 23 years old. At number two, I go with Mike Trout. 24 years old. Angel center fielder. Could be the MVP, I think, every season if he wanted to be. Stolen bases are down. Went from 16 to 11. Last season, he batted 299 with a 402 uh, on-base percentage and a 590 slugging percentage. So you like all of those numbers. Okay. His power numbers are elite, right? Uh, 2014, he had 36 home runs. Last season, he had 41. RBIs dropped 111 to 90. Stolen bases dropped 16 to 11. Batting average did go up from 287 to 299. 172, 173 hits each of the last two years. Scores 100 runs. Only, only his fourth year in the major leagues. Feels like he's been around forever. Doesn't miss games. He's missed just 13 games since the beginning of 2013. Batted 295 against righties, 313 against lefties last. Not much to say. We all know who Mike Trout is. I have him ranked at number two. Now, again, a little bit of concern is the lineup around him. This is not a good Angels lineup. You know Escobar, Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun's a good hitter. Mike Trout, Albert Pujols has the bum foot. And then it falls apart. C.J. Crone, Daniel Nava, Andrelton Simmons. Nothing you love. Again, like Bryce Harper, I say, why would you pitch to Trout? I'll take my chances with Pujols. If he's out, I'll take my chances with C.J. Crone. So there's not much protecting Mike Trout there. 
Again, I look at 290, 300, 290 low 300, plus 30 homers, plus 100 stolen bases, plus 10, plus uh, 100 RBIs, plus 10 stolen bases. And at number one, to wrap up today's show, my number one overall player this week, if I end up with a first overall pick in any draft, I'll take Paul Goldschmidt. 28 years old, first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He has two straight seasons of a 300 batting average, a 400 on-base percentage, and a 500 slugging percentage. That's elite. Over the last three seasons, he has 45 stolen bases, giving him a cute little average for a first baseman of 15 steals a year. Now, to be more specific, last year he stole 21 bases, drove in 110 runs, uh, hit 33 homers, scored 103 runs, 182 hits, batted 321. If it wasn't for Bryce Harper, he would have been the MVP. But for me, first base is a little thinner than the outfield. A little thinner. You know, after I get out of the eight, top eight, which number eight, I have Adrian Gonzalez. Now you're talking about Prince Fielder, Albert Pujols, Freddie Freeman, Eric Hosmer. Top 12 at first base gets a little bit thinner, whereas the top 12 in the outfield, you know, you look at the outfield, you're telling me at number 12 I've got a, a Justin Upton, Carlos Gonzalez, a J.D. Martinez. A little more depth at the outfield. Pushes Goldschmidt up to number one. Drops Harper to number three. Trout to number two. First base a little thinner. You want to leap power there. Okay. 2014 and only 406 at-bats. He had 19 homers, 69 RBIs, and stole nine bases. And this Arizona team, we talked about the lineup before. It's better. Tomas is in his second year there. Pollock has come into his own. It's a better lineup in Arizona now than it was this time last year. So I like it a lot. Goldschmidt, I have him ranked at number one. So there you have it, folks. My top 12. I'll recap it. Paul Goldschmidt, number one. Mike Trout, two. Bryce Harper, three. Josh Donaldson, number four. Nolan Arenado, five. McCutcheon, six. Rizzo, seven. John Carlos Stanton, eight. Carlos Correa, nine. Miggy Cabrera, 10. Manny Machado, 11. Chris Bryant by a hair over Jose Altuve and A.J. Pollock at number 12. I started the show. I spoke about the reason there's no Clinton Kershaw there. So that leads me to next week's show, next Saturday morning, 9 a.m. live. I'll be right back here for anybody who wants to tune in live on Blog Talk Radio or anytime on iTunes. I'll be covering the pitchers. I'll look at the top 12. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw will be there at number one. Where do you draft him? We'll talk about that as well, and we'll fill in my top 12 pitchers as well for next week. As always, the Anthony Aniano Show can be heard here on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. So do me a favor, folks. Go to iTunes, download, subscribe, comment, rate the show, appreciate the feedback. Follow on Twitter at A-N-E-N-O Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. Follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. And we'll be once a week here on Blog Talk Radio talking baseball and fantasy baseball. Like I said, a nice little hybrid combination as the season gets underway. You can also hear me every Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes on Rotoballer Fantasy Sports Radio with the guys over at rotoballer.com. So make sure you check that out. Me and my co-host, Real Talk Raph, uh, covering everything in the world of fantasy sports. DraftValet.com, proud member of that terrific fantasy sports team as well. 
My name is Anthony Aniano, folks, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, 9 a.m. next Saturday morning. Have a great week, everybody. Good night.